The Spin-Off Podcast Network. When the Facts Change is brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network in partnership with Kiwi Bank. The bank for Kiwi looking to get ahead in business and in life. A bank that delivers expertise and banking know-how, smart advice for business owners wanting to invest, grow their business or diversify. A bank that adapts with technology through the lens of its people and customers. It is a bank with heart that is driven by its purpose. Kiwi making Kiwi better off. Tēnā koutou katoa, welcome to the monthly bonus episode of When the Facts Change, created in partnership with Kiwi Bank. My name is Michael Andrew and I'm the Spinoff's business editor. Each month I'm going to be speaking to some of the most interesting and exciting people in the Kiwi Bank whānau about the issues affecting New Zealand. Today I'm joined by Julia Jackson, Kiwi Bank's sustainability lead. Managing a range of external and internal campaigns to help New Zealanders flourish within a healthy, robust environment and economy, Julia has wonderful insight into how the concept of sustainability is evolving in New Zealand and the way it's influencing the decisions of everyone from individuals to small businesses and large corporations. Kia ora Julia, thank you so much for joining us today. Because sustainability is one of those words that gets thrown around a whole lot, I thought we'd start off with the most important question. What exactly does sustainability mean? I think about it from a really simplistic perspective. So how do we make sure that we are leaving things better than we found them? Um, And I know that sounds like a little bit cliche and you've probably heard that before. But fundamentally, if you apply that to things you're doing, if you think about, well, we as humans have an impact on other humans who are around us, um, on the environment that we're living in. And ultimately, that is the thing that sustains us. You know, we, we couldn't literally be alive without the planet around us, the, you know, biodiversity, the animals that are there, the air that we breathe, everything like that. Um, And if you think about those two things together, how do we make sure that humanity and the environment are going to be sustained in the long term, so going to be around for the long term? Then how you translate that into what that means for a business, we look at that from, first of all, what is the impact that we are having on humans and the environment? Um, And when we look at humans, we think about First and foremost, the people who are working for us. So, how do we make sure that we're a really great employer for our own people, um, so that you know they come in when they come into work for Kiwi Bank, they are going to have a great experience, going to be better off and, and sort of more financially secure in the long term. Then we look at our customers who are, who are sort of the next layer out and how do we make sure that we're providing the right services for our customers, um, the communities that we're operating in, and then of course the environment that we that we literally couldn't be here without. So what is the impact that we're having on all of those different things? And then the other way of looking at it is how are all of those things impacting us as a business? So how is the environment going to start to have an impact on us? So that's things like, you know, you can look at the impact that climate change is going to have on our business model. How are we going to start to consider, you know, when um, droughts and extreme weather events start happening? What is that going to mean for our business? What does that mean for where our branches are, for where our people are? Are they going to be safe? All of those sorts of things. As well, we can look at it, you know, from a products and services perspective, how are we making sure that the products and services that we're putting out into the world are not impacting on the environment and reflective of what the environment is doing to us. Um, And I know in a banking context that's a little bit sort of ethereal because we don't sort of create stuff in the same way that lots of other businesses do, but we can still think about that, right? So how are we giving mortgages in a way that's responding to the needs of our customers and community and also understanding the impact that the environment will have on us? I mean, it's quite a deep concept, 
when you read, say, a financial report of a, of a company, they will use the word sustainability only applying to their financial viability moving forward. Yep. But the way you're looking at it is that this very holistic, cyclical concept yeah. that impacts everything and flows together which I think is probably the actual <laughs> definition of yeah, the word. definitely, because, I mean, fundamentally, but it's a really important point that you make as well, which is that making money is also really important. So for for us to be able to consider the impact that we have on the environment and ensure we're being responsive to that, we also need to be profitable, and that then ensure, enables us to consider that more and deliver better sort of non-financial impact out to the world as well. So it's actually when these two, when all of these concepts work really well in harmony rather than one being more important than the other which which is what has traditionally happened in business I think is is that you focus more on on financial sustainability potentially sometimes at the expense of you know people sustainability or environmental sustainability right and there's heap, been heaps of examples of how that goes wrong as well and you can think to you know, lots of uh, clothing manufacturers who were trying to, you know, reduce the cost of producing their clothing at whatever cost, you know, which is then translated into uh, human trafficking or child labour and all that sort of stuff, which in the end actually works really badly for that business. They end up having massive reputational damage when they're not considering the impact that they're having on, you know, the people who are working for them at the expense of being a financially sustainable business. Mm. You're in this position because you're at the source of often where businesses are going to to get to start and get yeah. their support to encourage the sustainability and to really be an example of it at, at the base, at the source. So yeah. I guess that's how a bank can really nurture sustainability as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think generally when you think about any, any business, when you start, when a business starts to consider, well, actually, what does this mean for me as a business in, in the context that I'm operating in? You have to start from the space of, yeah, what is right for me? So, so again, asking those questions as a business, what are the impacts that we're having on people and the environment? And as a bank, you know, the impacts that we're having is, as you say, the, the sort of the facilitation of financial flows in the economy. Um, and then how do I consider, you know, what are the, the sort of the impacts or the issues out there created by that? So, um, you know, we could think about sort of equity as one of the issues that, that could be either facilitated or hindered by the way in which a bank operates, right? So so who we're able to give finance to? Are we able to actually ensure that we're delivering finance in a way that is equitable to people that need it and they can get money when they actually need it and for things that are valuable to the broader sustainability of New Zealand? And so when when we start to tease that out, we go, well, actually, okay, here's some of the things that we can start to focus on. So financial inclusion is quite a big thing for Kiwi Bank, which, um, again, probably to your earlier point, people don't necessarily think about sustainability as being a social issue like that. You know, it tends to be either financial or a lot of the time as well, just purely environmental. So we look at the way in which we can facilitate finance in a way that is equitable and, and sort of enabling people to thrive is probably another way of putting it. A great example of that was last year when Kiwi Bank announced they wouldn't be working with certain industries that weren't sustainable or mm. ethical. Totally. And so how we developed that was was basically we have um, a guiding purpose, so Kiwi making Kiwi better off, um, and that should inform every decision that we make as an organisation, right? And when we looked at, you know, one of the core impacts that we can have is in the organisations or the industries that we're lending to, we went, well, actually, 
A, we don't think that a lot of these industries are necessarily going to be around in the long term because actually we think there are probably some risks associated with the, the businesses that are operating in this sector. But then if we also look at it from the purpose perspective of actually, well, are these sectors really making people better off? And I know that's, again, quite an intangible question to ask and you could probably argue it lots of different ways. But we sat down and we analysed all of those sectors quite in depth and basically came to the agreement with the sectors that we did that actually from the environmental social and economic perspective, these sectors weren't organisations that we wanted to be sort of supporting and enabling to, to do more business out in the world. A part of that policy was also having a number of sort of industries where we said, actually, there are really good businesses operating within this sector, and alcohol is a good example of that. So we didn't want to completely exclude that sector from being able to receive finance from us, but we recognise that there are some higher risk factors associated with that, that sector. So what we've done with those ones is we sort of apply an additional screening to businesses who are operating in that sector. We ask them a number of questions to make sure that they're operating in a way that fits our sort of principles and purpose around making Kiwi better off. And what's been great about that is, you know, it really sparked a debate. It definitely wasn't a policy that that everyone, you know, immediately understood and and sort of, I guess, understood that nuance around what we were trying to achieve and, and where we were trying to be deliberate about how we use our money. But at the same time, 90% of the comments that we got on that policy were positive and people saying, you know, this is amazing. I'm so, you know, thank you so much for, for A, being transparent about what you're doing, but also just people then had a bank that they sort of felt like they could put their money, their savings into that bank and know that that, that money was going to be used in a way that, that aligned with their, their values and their purpose as well. The industries itself, that was um, child labour, you mentioned that, any, any business that's involved with child labour, gambling, fossil fuel industries, yep. but you mentioned that alcohol gets a separate screening. Yeah, so there's three sensitive sectors, so yep. adult entertainment, alcohol, non-casino gambling, so some of that comes down to our ability to really assess exactly what the, the type of business activity is within gambling. So, you know, um, a club that might host a lottery or a raffle or something, we haven't sort of fully excluded because that's often not sort of purely for gambling purposes. And tobacco retailing as well and distribution. And again, that's because often organisations that are working in those sectors actually have the ability to, to stop doing that if they wanted to, as opposed to a tobacco manufacturer their fundamental business model is selling more of that stuff, which, again, through our analysis, we made a decision that that wasn't part of sort of our vision of the future that we're trying to create. So, yeah, tobacco is also in there. There's 11 sectors mm. that we've fully excluded. So predatory lending was another one, and, and that's actually been something that we've been quite passionate about for a long time because we really saw the, the harm that was being created from organisations out there who are supporting someone when they, they need maybe $500 because their tyres have blown and, and they need to be able to get to work and they don't have any other options, they need to get their kids to school. Um, so they'll go to one of those lenders but then end up paying $5,000 mm. over the lifetime of the loan. Crippling interest rates, right? Crippling interest rates and you just can't get out of it. So predatory lending is one of the other sectors that's included in that policy. When you think about it, it, it actually is a very seismic shift from the traditional banking perspective or model because historically it would have been the very high-value, high-yield industries that were the most compelling investments or industries to support, like, mm. for instance, palm oil, because it's a very, very high-growth. But you're totally going the other way from that and focusing on 
the industries that aren't just producing a lot now and, and, and earning a lot now, but they're actually future-proofed. And that was exactly the point I was going to make. I mean, I think it depends on whether you take a really short-term view of the world or a slightly longer-term view, right? And so we take, we're take we taking a longer-term view to this and saying, well, actually, whilst a business may, be, may seem profitable in the short term, actually, we know that that's at the expense of a whole bunch of other things. And therefore, the long-term um, success of that company actually isn't as successful as it might appear on paper. And I think that that leads well into this idea about sustainability versus profit because I think there's this misconception that for a business to be sustainable they're actually foregoing revenue or they're foregoing growth and that's quite a simplistic interpretation but I think it's a common one. As an example if uh, New Zealand farming were to convert to regenerative agriculture there would be this perception that they would be focusing on more sustainable methods in exchange for for these profits. But in fact, the opposite is true, that Mm. because they're future-proofing their methods, they're actually ensuring their financial viability. Exactly. Um, And that's kind of governed the thinking of KiwiBank as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, yeah, it's it's probably one of, for people who work in sustainability, it's one of the most common conversations that you will have, but also often one of the most frustrating, right? Because it also, I think, takes us away quite a lot from just plain sense. So we all know, for example, that if we're being, you know, a really simple example, but if we think about energy efficiency, our electricity bills are going to go down, therefore we'll save more money. So actually, there's a really clear linkage between finance and in making some smart choices. Similarly, I think, you know, what you're talking about with with farming and agriculture, um, I'll use a slightly different example, but one of the things that we do as sustainability professionals is we consider the non-financial issues or headwinds that are likely to, to be impacting our business, our sector. And so if you look at in COVID and what we're experiencing now with COVID has really clear parallels with something like climate change. So, you know, disaster preparedness and disaster plans for a potential pandemic that people never knew if it was actually going to eventuate, you could easily say, well, what's the point in investing our time and money into putting this plan together that we may have to never enact? But actually organisations who are well set up to be able to to respond to that, you know, even from a simple perspective of knowing, you know, if their staff could work from home, how maybe their supply chains would be able to, um, you know, deliver their products when there was potential global disruption like this happening, how they were going to make sure that their people were safe um, and getting the right right medical response. Those plans in, in those businesses actually meant that they could get back up and running much quicker than other businesses who had never considered that. And when we think about climate change, it's often the same thing, right? We don't quite know when the impacts of climate change are going to hit us. We don't quite know exactly what that'll be. But if we invest time now to actually understand what that's going to be for our business and how it's going to impact us, how we can support our customers and proactively support our customers, then actually we're going to make sure that we can help our customers to minimise those impacts over the long term. When the Facts Change is brought to you in partnership with KiwiBank to help you understand the issues affecting the economy. And that's what their team of experts is here to do too. Here's KiwiBank economist Sabrina Delgado on the current grim status of the global and local economy. Globally, economic output and activity is slowing. Higher interest rates are weighing heavily on demand and crushing activity. It's not pretty, but it's what's needed to bring down inflation. 
Here in Aotearoa, the outlook is soft at best. Our impressive surge in net migration helps lift activity, but still the economy is weakening under the weight of the Reserve Bank and a softening global backdrop. Visit kiwibank.co.nz to stay up to date with detailed economic analysis and forecasts from Sabrina and other KiwiBank experts. They take big issues from both here and overseas and make them relevant to Kiwi businesses. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. So how did you get into sustainability? Yes, yeah, so I think my passion for sustainability was really solidified um, through my travels in Latin America. So I spent sort of three years um, travelling and two years living in Guatemala. Um, and what happened there basically was I was living on a beautiful, beautiful lake where the lake sort of provided the food for everyone there. It provided it was a massive tourism place, so everyone um, provided the the financial sustainability for people. Um, and there were these wonderful, incredible indigenous communities living there. And then during my time there, there was a massive algal bloom, which is basically the lake was covered in this disgusting algae that smelt like wet dog. It was it was really really horrible, but also very traumatic. For everyone, no one knew it was happening, Um, no one knew why it was happening, whether it was toxic, whether it was going to go away. And so the community really rallied together and it was this um, quite intense time, but an amazing time to be part of as well, where really everyone got together, the the local communities, the the foreign tourists, the foreign business owners, all really came together to, to ensure we could all focus and support the lake to get back to being healthy. And so I think, you know, when I say that for me, sustainability is very much about that, you know, connection between people, land and and money or finance, the economy, it really was because of that experience I had there where I saw all of those things when one wasn't in harmony, um, you know, how you needed all the others to sort of get working well together to be able to bring all three back, back together. Now, let's talk about what your role is within Kiwi Bank. So your sustainability lead, mm. what exactly does your job entail? Sometimes I'd love to know that myself. Um, no, and it's a great question, and I get, a, get asked it a lot, right, because it can mean so many different things. And my role is really quite broad. So, But probably the key areas where I focus is, is financial wellbeing. And so actually, as a bank, one of the biggest impacts that we are having is on the financial well-being of our customers and our people. So I spend a lot of time working with the likes of our partners in Atangata who provide uh, no interest, no fee, micro loans to people who are 
in high interest debt, have a lot of high interest debt, working internally with our teams to ensure that they understand how we can support our customers who are experiencing or going through different vulnerable circumstances um, and how we do that in a way that is respectful to those circumstances and, and supporting them. So I don't know if you saw recently we released, we sort of introduced a new ability for our customers to basically block gambling transactions that are going on their Visa debit and credit cards. So my role in that was really, you know, the idea came to me from one of our frontline um, and she sort of said, look, I've seen this issue happening with so many people who are really suffering at the moment with the financial impacts of, of COVID and probably as a stress release, you know, spending quite a lot on gambling. Is there something we can do? Then my role is to sort of work across the organisation to figure out what it is that we could do, put a bit of a strategy in place behind that and then support the teams to essentially deliver that that new product out there. And then the other sort of key component of my role is considering our organisation's response to climate change um, and, and really what that means for us. So that starts at again thinking about what is the impact that we're having on the environment so we look at our operations so part of my team is managing the carbon footprint of our organisation which is probably some of the most fundamental parts of sustainability that people might be quite familiar with so it's looking at you know how much travel are we doing how much electricity are we consuming how much waste are we producing all of those sorts of things and sort of converting that into carbon and then managing that on a regular basis so we put plans in place to reduce our impact via each of those inputs. So, you know, how can we reduce our travel more? How do we, you know, if we look at sort of what our big impacts are, how do we improve the energy efficiency of some of our, of our branches and stuff like that? You know, how do we look at the, the fleet impact that we're having? And then the other component of climate change is, you know, what what is climate change going to mean for our business? And again, when we think about our business being lending and deposits for our customers, then, you know, how are we lending our money and, and where are we lending our money? What is, you know, what is the impact that climate change is going to have on that space? So we're doing a bit of work at the moment to look at coastal flooding and what that might mean for communities around New Zealand. It's, it's a complicated and, and a complex piece of work, so we don't have too many answers yet, but really important that we're spending that time to understand that impact that climate change might have on those communities so we can be out there supporting them through that, through that change as well. And that, that kind of lends itself well to this holistic way you're looking at things because it's not, it's not just about excluding industries that are bad because that wouldn't actually be sustainable at all, right? Because if you were to exclude uh, loan sharks or high-interest lenders, you'd be putting people in a very vulnerable position if there wasn't a viable alternative. But you mentioned mm. Natangata before and the work you're doing with them, and that's, that's offering a solution whilst also you know, limiting that industry, but you're providing a a way for people to to exit it and still preserve their their financial livelihoods. Yeah, definitely. And similar with, um, you know, we also, part of my work is digital education. So we have a range of programs um, that are delivered in communities, supporting people to actually understand how to use internet banking and how to protect themselves online. And it's exactly the same, right? We know that there are changes happening in terms of different payments, checks are, you know, We've we've stopped accepting and issuing checks, but also all of the other banks are doing that now. And so part of my role is to go, well, actually, how do we help customers through that change? And how do we make sure that there are options out there that they can understand and make the most of, actually, so that they can maintain their financial independence and often, again, sort of under the purpose that we have, be better off in the long term? Mm. 
And you mentioned gambling before and the work Kiwi Bank has done around the gambling block. Yeah, so I mean it's it's relatively simple in some ways. So essentially it, it works in that it declines the transaction. So if you've got a gambling block on either of your Visa, debit or credit cards and if you tried to go and spend money at um, a gambling site then essentially it would just decline it. Probably the complexity is that it does only work for predominantly online and like if you had an app on your phone or something and so your card was um, tied to that app, then it would decline it on those transactions. We don't yet have the ability for it to stop people spending at like physically at the pokies or at the casino. You know, often those places are actually housed within a larger business. So we've been quite clear about wanting to be deliberate in, in making sure that if we're going to put the block on people's cards or people want them on their cards, then we can 100% sort of make sure that those are applied to the merchants that we know are definitely in in that gambling um, sector. Mm. So a customer, we only ever put the block on if the customer requests it, and then they also have the ability to remove the block whenever they want. As a consumer or as a customer, what kind of businesses do you think we should be supporting? I, mean, I think it's easy for KiwiBank to have this insight into what businesses it chooses to support, but if you're on the other end, how do you best identify a, a sustainable business and then and then help support them? Yeah, it's a great question, and it's it, I know it can be challenging. There's different standards, and some of the standards mean different things. I really like B Corp, and I don't know if many people know about the B Corp certification, but what I like about B Corp certification is that it basically looks at every component of a business. So it doesn't. Um, some of the certifications out there will look at quite a specific sort of definition of sustainability. Um, so they might look at your, you know the environmental impact of your operations. So I was talking about carbon footprinting before, so that's the type of stuff that they'd look at. Whereas B Corp looks across you know, the way in which you've structured your business, um, the way you treat your people, the way you treat your customers, the way you treat your, cust- your community, your suppliers, um, the environmental impact that you have and the products and services that you're delivering and how are they providing a benefit. So there's not a lot, like there's still only about sort of 50 companies in New Zealand that are B Corp certified, but I do think that's quite a nice certification where you can actually look at it and go, I know that that business has been through a lot of verification across everything they do. I think as well, for consumers, don't be afraid to ask questions. Businesses should be able to be transparent about what their practices are. So if you've got something that you you know, are unsure of about what does this actually mean? Is this, is this business actually doing what I think it does? You know, you can always go to them and ask questions and they should definitely be responding. One of the big things in sustainability is is transparency and being sort of open and honest about what your practices are, even if you're on a journey, right? Even if they're not perfect, because no one's perfect. Mm, and that might um, help navigate this whole world of greenwashing, to, to use the phrase. Yep. And then I'd say it can feel very overwhelming as an individual, right? So where do I start? What do I do? First thing I'd say is start anywhere. Start with something that you're passionate about. So if you're really passionate about waste, start looking at the waste that you're producing, you know, and and actually go, well, actually, maybe for this month, I'm going to try and not buy anything that's got plastic in it. So don't try and be perfect all at once. Don't try and completely, you know, change the way you operate, because I think it, it does become quite overwhelming and um, and actually what we need is lots and lots of people making small changes to be a little bit better every day rather than you know five people being absolutely perfect and and making all of the right decisions because even then I don't think it's that that possible for anyone to be completely perfect. I wanted to ask because there was a lot of concern last year when COVID first emerged that 
this movement to be more sustainable had taken a step back or had been pushed back because the focus is shifting away from climate towards this pandemic. From your perspective, have you noticed the shift slowed down or is it still seeming like it's got some momentum and, and maybe even picking up speed? Yeah, so I mean, I think the first point I'd make is if we think about sustainability as the the importance of humans and the environment thriving, then it's really important that we are focused at the moment on COVID and that's not a bad thing. I think the challenge then is how do you do it in a way that is conscious and yeah, I'm definitely, you know, get very worried about the amount of PPE that is being created at the moment. What we have actually seen though, whilst there has probably been, you know, people are very focused on health and safety at the moment, I think at the same time people have been much more passionate about we knew things weren't working well before the pandemic, um, and the pandemic's given us a great opportunity to think differently about you know how we're living, where we're living, um, how we're operating. And so we've actually, I think we actually, particularly in New Zealand, where we've had a very different experience of the pandemic than other countries, see people making much more conscious and deliberate decisions about what they're doing. In particular, I think a lot of businesses that are starting up, where the business owner is going actually. You know, maybe my job was was made redundant through the pandemic and I want to start a new business, but now I want to do it in a way that is doing something, giving something back, um, not just making money. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming in today, Julia, and answering all of my questions. It's been great. Cool. Thanks for having me. Ka kite. Ka kite. When the Facts Change was brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network, together with KiwiBank. Visit kiwibank.co.nz to find out how Kiwi Bank are making Kiwi better off. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.